Welcome to Bloodbath, a true crime podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Jamie. Wait, Ash, did you just say true crime? I did. So if I don't like hearing things about murder and necrophilia and maybe bodies being disassembled in weird ways, then this probably isn't the podcast for me to listen to. Okay, look, you said like. I don't think any of us necessarily like that. But if you're into true crime, then you might understand that. But if those topics aren't your thing for today, we'll see you next week. Consider that your blanket trigger warning, because you're about to listen to a true crime podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. It's time for the show. From Vegas, bitch. <laughs> From CrimeCon, <laughs> bitch. So let's just real quick. We never banter in the beginning. Ever, 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 ever. I mean, maybe in the beginning, but like not recently. <laughs> <laughs> this past weekend, mind-blowing. Insane. Just insane. Speechless for a lot so of fun. it. was so fun. If you would have told me, right? Like I still watch the videos and I'm like, that's not real. That didn't really happen. But it did. <laughs> we met Billy and Billy Jensen, Alexis Linkletter. We met Paul Holes. We talked with Gil. Other other things are happening that we'll mention later. But what? What is real life? Oh, my God. Heather Ashley from Big Mad True Crime. If you don't listen to Big Mad True Crime, get on it. And I understand, like, from a podcaster's perspective, you kind of stop listening to podcasts. Once you start a podcast, it's actually really funny. <laughs> Everyone kind of relates to it. But... Heather Ashley was so sweet. Oh, my God. And spicy. That's what I liked about her. She's sweet and spicy. <laughs> we met Affirmative Murder. They were so sweet and awesome. Uh, Stephanie Harlow mm-hmm. for my YouTube people. Oh, Sarah Turney. I hope there's so many more next year. Julie Sarah Mary. Turney. Oh, sweet baby angel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many people. <laughs> it, was, it was quite the weekend. Quite an event. Definitely recommend... I mean, there was so many panels that were had so much information. We learned a lot. We got to spend our time yes. with another podcast. It's a podcast by Proxy. It's a Canadian mm-hmm. true crime podcast, which if you don't listen to them, you should. Yeah, they don't cover just Canada cases, which is really great. But they say funny words. They kind of sound like Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesotans, oofta. Yeah, yeah but we got mad love for them. <laughs> had a great weekend spending time with them. And got Absolutely. to see all the things and learn all the things and get all the swag. <laughs> it was very cool. Yeah. So many stickers. So many. It was a very surreal weekend. But let's get into what we're here for. And that's bloodbath. (laughs) (laughs) What they came. Give the people what they want. Right. So I'm going to cover Georgia Williams. I'm going to tackle this in the perspective of catching the killer instead of like deep diving kind of into the killer, which I've found over time over the last few months that watching documentary shows and stuff where they're actually catching the killer, like think which Ramirez, is the nice talker, mm-hmm. that documentary. That's just been my new, like, Oh, my new, what is it? Addiction new. I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to catch who caught ginger Williams, ginger. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Georgia Williams. <laughs> In this case, I don't know what happened there. Well, ginger's permanently on your mind okay. because ginger grows out of your head. It does. Okay, so Georgia Williams. Sweet baby angel. Okay, so with that in mind, Jeez. 
Georgia Williams was born on September 7, 1995 in England and described as popular and intelligent. She was said to be a little sassy, but overall just got along with everyone. Because she's a Virgo. Yeah, a little bit of that real. (laughs) Right? (laughs) She was the type of girl that wanted to make sure that everyone around her was happy. And that would be a big thing for her because she was bullied so much in elementary school. And it's like one of those things where a bully is usually made either from A, being bullied, so then they go turn around and bully other people. Or if you're bullied, then you don't. Like, you're the person that sticks up for other people who are bullied. It's like a tit for tat. (laughs) But then in high school, she just blossomed. She was no longer being bullied. And she was actually in the Royal Air Force cadet, like, at her school. And she was a former head girl. I'm not sure what, like, a former head girl is with England, but I feel like... I mean, it's just, just like you in know. Harry Potter, like the head boy, head girl. It means that they're like top of their class, straight A student. Yeah. They get to be kind of like the line leader back in school. Mm-hmm. They get it's to like be the, in, in charge. high school here. You get the, the you get the cut your colors. You <laughs> graduate <laughs> with colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's how I figured it was. And she dreamed of becoming a Royal Air Force paramedic when she was done with school. How cool, Georgia? Yeah, I know. I was looking up into uh that field and it's not necessarily like a full field anymore there's like a lot more to it but i have no doubt that she would have been part of it from everything she says or everything her family says so georgia got a job at the gas station when she was just 17 years old and she got along with everyone there but there was one boy who often kind of left was like left out georgia began this just breaks my heart she just saw that he was left out and she was like hey Come be friends with us. Come hang out. Like, they were all hanging out after work and before work. Like, they were friends. And she was like, hey, come hang out with me and my friends that you also work with and become part of us. And that's exactly what he did. He became part of this group. There's You can see the photos of him on Instagram, on our Instagram, at Bloodbath Podcast. Like, he was there. It's so fucked up. What I'm going to get into. So, he was 22. And his name is Jamie Reynolds. Oh, my God. That's Sorry, my name. Jamie. There can only be one. There can only be one. <laughs> Imagine only one Jamie and Ashley. Yeah, okay. Let me just trademark our name real quick. (laughs) Not happening. (laughs) So Jamie started mixing up two very different emotions that men often confuse. Kindness and flirting. No. No. With a pinch of predator as well. Because, like, he's 22. She's 17, 22. Eh. It's not, like, too far off, but, like, I don't like it. What do, what do you have in common with a 17-year-old? You're 22. No. <laughs> like, stop. But he got feelings for Georgia, and he would make advances at her, often messaging her on Facebook, and Georgia would always respectfully decline, letting him know that she likes him as a friend. For a decent amount of time, Jamie would just accept it, but from time to time, he would try again, and she would just let him know again, I like us better as friends. Can can you can you not? Thanks, I but like no. I like as friends. <laughs> Exactly. So, being friends, the two are just talking about life things, and Jamie is telling Georgia how he is really unhappy working at the gas station, which I feel like most people would. And Georgia's just like, okay, so what do you want to do with your life? And he tells her that he wants to pursue a career in photography. And then he asks her, like, would you help me with a portfolio, maybe? And her being who she is, she was like, fucking of course. I'll, I'll do that for you. So that brings us to May 26, 2013. 
Georgia was thinking about not going to the photo shoot because her family was having a barbecue, but she convinced herself that it would probably be a quick thing and that there were supposed to be other friends there as well. And she was like, okay, he lives like five five minutes away walking, literally down the street. I can just go do this and come back to the barbecue, whatever, or do whatever, you know? So she heads over there and it starts to get late. Her mom and dad both know where she is going and what for. Tick number one of congratulations, you played yourself. Mm -hmm. Her dad even told her when she was leaving the house that she looked really pretty. And her mom texts her asking when it's going to be done. To which she lets her mom know that it ended a while ago and that they are all just out now. She just went out with her friends now. Hmm. This text also had her signature three kiss emojis at the end of it. She let them know that she would probably be out late and not to wait up for her. We'll get into it in a little bit. I can see your face. questionable <laughs> to me. I don't want to jump ahead because I know I have it in my notes and I'm trying to stay on the, the line, the path. <laughs> <laughs> so Georgia was a good kid. She communicated with her parents. So nothing was out of the blue really for them. But then the sun came up and Georgia was not home. Her mom texts her again and she responds saying that she stayed at her friend's house and just forgot to text her and that if she stops replying it's because her phone is about to die and that's where alarms are starting to come come out okay like they're they're getting ready to push the red button you know like they're like wait a second but they also don't want to go too far into this because her dad is literally a cop oh my god congratulations you played yourself number two (laughs) number two (laughs) so this day was may 27th and she was going to a music festival with her boyfriend she has a fucking boyfriend. You played yourself number three. And being right, <laughs> right. And being the communicative family that they were, they assumed, okay, she'll probably be back the next morning. Also considering that she's super excited to literally go get her driver's license. She has a test in the morning that she's talked about nonstop. It'll be okay. Her phone has just died. That's why she's not replying anymore. She let us know this. We've communicated. Well, her parents are trying to call her. And they're trying to make sure she's okay. They have some weird feelings going on now. Phone's completely off. It's either been turned off or it is dead. They're calling her friends. Nobody has seen her. And they're just like, okay, it's time. (laughs) Her boyfriend even didn't see her. She did not make it to the concert. No, thank you. So all they know is that she's at Jamie Reynolds' house for a photo shoot. They fucking know that. So that's where they're going to start looking, obviously. First thing they did was look up Jamie Reynolds, see if he has a criminal background, see what they can find out about him. And oh boy, back in 2008, Jamie invited a girl over and attempted to strangle her, but she fought back and got away. Oh, keep shaking your head, ma'am. She re- He received a warning for this. Even though a psychiatrist assessed him after his parents found photos of his female classmates with nooses drawn around their necks and said he posed a significant, quote, quote, significant risk to others. Uh, No. So much no. Not even a slap on her wrist. Just a firm little finger in the fucking face of don't do this again. They immediately go over to the house to talk with him. And what do you know? Not a single light or a car is in sight. They're knocking and knocking, but nothing. So what I'm guessing is, and agreeing with, the right to just break down the door. (laughs) (laughs) They go right in. So no Jamie, no Georgia. 
They head over to the gas station, ask their coworkers where they are, but nobody has heard anything from them. And even worse, neither of them have showed up for their shifts. Well, that's not good. Jamie lives with his mom and stepdad, and they call them wanting to see if they know anything about where they are or what's happening. And they're actually on vacation. The cops let them know what's going on, and they're like, okay, we need the details to the car. And we're pretty sure that it's stolen now because Jamie's on the run and we need to talk to him. So give us the car details now. And thankfully, they're not super shitty parents who are like, my son will never do anything. I'm not telling you anything. No, they're like, (laughs) here, here's license plate, silver van, mm -hmm. silver van, license plate, blast it, whatever you fucking need, catch him. (laughs) And they throw this all over the UK. Now, remember, Georgia's parents have not seen her for two days. They may have talked to her through text, but that's it. And that's may have. Spoiler no alert. They that. have not. <laughs> and they had not. Because there is once you find the body. Uh, that's 28 hours that this douchebag has to travel, to drive, to fly, to do whatever he's going to do. And that's exactly what he did. He made it 280 miles away to Glasgow. Jamie was found in a budget premier hotel and promptly arrested. But there was no sign of Georgia. What the? Hold on. He was found in another country. Yes. So England is so small. And you can go to several countries within that amount of time. You went, you went 200 miles. Do you know what's more than 200 miles away from me? Vegas. I went there in less than a day. Right. Fuck you. He's probably panicking. I mean, he almost went 300, 280 miles. So in Glasgow... They catch him, and they're asking him, where's Georgia? And that's all this this, <laughs> this district can do at the moment because this isn't their case. They have permission to catch him, but they can't really further anymore. But where's Georgia? Oh, I don't know. Where's Georgia? That's all they can do until they hand him over. Because it's not their investigation. Sadly, the authorities... Exactly. So, sadly, the authorities let Georgia's parents know they caught him, but that things were not looking good. Her mom went into a fucking wreck, just crying, and her poor dad literally threw up from the anxiety just coursing through his body. Mm. Obviously, this twat waffle is not talking, so they go and do a thorough investigation of his home, and they find a camera. They know Georgia was there for a photo shoot, so they're expecting to see photos of Georgia on there. But all the photos are deleted. Or but as they? we know from our good friend, George... <laughs> no, I can't even say it. <laughs> can't even joke about it. As we know from the bitch Jody Arias, but they, they can recover those, honey. Honey. The background data, they honey. They can get those back. Honey. You're dumb. You played yourself. Again. Again. Number four. Sadly, though, these photos were deleted for a very sinister reason. I can imagine. I don't even want to hear it, but I know They started I off to. as normal. Yeah. And I have to tell you so you can stop imagining. So, so sorry. You signed up to do this with me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. They start off as normal, like a normal photo shoot, like head photos, like anything you would see in a portfolio, and then become much more sinister. She is now completely naked and obviously in distress. Then she has a noose around her neck, and then it shows photos of her hanging. 
He then took her down and took photos of her body pose in every position you could think of all around the house. Like, I'm talking hundreds of photos. He then photographed himself having sex with her lifeless body multiple times. They're continuing the investigation on his computer, and they find 16,800 images and 72 videos of extreme pornography. And I'm not talking about pornography of, like, rough sex. No, no. They found snuff films, rape scenes, torture videos, violent videos. These were not, like, these videos did not look like it was people consenting. It, and if that's your kink... That's your kink, as long as your partner is consenting. I'm not going to kink shame you if that's your thing, if your partner is fucking consenting. But if they're not, get fucked. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, fire ants all around your body, die. Don't care. Cover you and honey. Have a nice day. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. So Jamie's parents are having to come home early from their vacation to talk with the detectives. And they inform them... That Jamie was literally watching this type of porn since he was 14 years old. He's 22 and he did this. Oh, my God. And they could not get him to stop. However, they did think that they got him to stop because they put website blocks all on their computers, on the Wi-Fi itself. It wasn't just, like, computer. It was on the Wi-Fi. They got all these blocks. So, like, cool. Mm. He's no longer doing it. Except for the fact that he started paying for his own wi-fi so that he could have access to it move out at that point just move out of your parents house like what is that so on top of that information the detectives found a book with over 40 stories that jamie had made up that were all about raping torturing and killing girls one story was called georgia williams and surprise which actually tells the exact things that he did to georgia and they suspect that it was written before he did them. Premeditation. Yep. Again, just like the psychiatrist said before, they found drawings of women in sexual positions and nooses around their necks. Again. They also found photos of people he knew, some even friends, of their faces superimposed over the faces of other hardcore, extreme, like, porn photos. This is like the most fucked up collage I've ever heard of. That's the that's the opposite of a vision board. You're doing it wrong. Literally opposite. To each their own, I guess. Mm-mm. Just no thank you. No, nope. You don't hang that on your wall. Mm-mm. He probably would. He probably have a whole fucking studio dedicated I'm to it. I'm telling you, if they're consenting, if that's your whole kink, it's all about consent. Title of the episode. It's all about consent. <laughs> so all this evidence, right? And he's still playing innocent. But again, they have the photos. What? They have the notebooks. They have the computer. Like, no. They charged him with the murder of Georgia Williams. He knows, though, that they don't have Georgia's body yet. Motherfucker. Which they don't fully need to convict him. However, to lock him up, throw away the key into Satan's actual asshole... And keep him there forever. They do need her body. He's just being smug and uncooperative. He doesn't give a flying fuck what pain he's causing anyone. And he's not looking to help anyone. So, the detectives 
do what detectives do. They detected. <laughs> no, but really. They found CCTV footage of him getting gas at the local gas station and then driving about 60 miles and parked at a movie theater and went to watch a movie. Now get this. We're already like, what the fuck? He went to watch a movie after this? Well, he had asked Jamie to go on a date with him multiple times to the movies, to which every single time she said no, because I want to be friends with you. I don't want to do this and you consider it a date. Her body's in the van. He went to the movies. He brought her to the movies, went in and watched the movie. It's almost like in his sick, demented own brain, he got what he wanted. He took her out to the movies. This is like The Voices, you know, the movie we watched, Ryan Reynolds. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. He's like... If you guys haven't watched it, watch it. Hanging out with his friends, who yep. are not really his friends and aren't really there. Don't say too much. We want them to watch That's it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's a great film. It's so, very scary. It is very scary because it's, it's, it's a comedy in a sense because it is Ryan Reynolds. However, it's scary when you really think that that type of mental disability is real and terrifying. But yes, go watch it. Miraculously. Okay. Right back into this. Several people. Oh, wait. Rewind. Just one second. They lost CCTV footage of him. Okay. Mm -hmm. While they're watching this. He goes to the movie theaters. Lost CCTV footage. So they put out this information to the public everywhere and within like like past the 280 miles like they want answers he's gotten this far so blow this shit up back to miraculously <laughs> several people call in saying they had seen his van and jamie himself on a mountain pass in north wales and they know for a fact that it's him because he got stuck in the fucking mud and they helped push him out oh my god you played yourself Again. Okay, wait. Maybe new title. <laughs> right? Um, well, yeah. Honestly, so, for both our cases, yes. There we go. <laughs> the hunt was on in this mountain now. And it's up in a mountain pass in North Wales. And it was not long before they found the naked, deceased body of Georgia Williams. This breaks my heart. Entire case does. But, oh, my God. This is when I told you that I was, like... Nope. I'm crying. <laughs> uh, Georgia's dad would not allow anyone but him and her mom see Georgia to identify her. He didn't want his loved one's image of her to be tainted and seeing her this one. I'm pretty sure he didn't even want her mom to see her, but he wasn't going to pick a battle that he wasn't going to win. Right. You know? <laughs> to the nail, Jamie was claiming to be innocent, and then his trial came. When asked if he pled guilty or not guilty, he stood up and shockingly said guilty. Confessed to the photos, the writings, murdering her, and because of this, there was no trial needed. The judge literally said, Jamie has the potential to become a serial killer. And that if he was let out, he guarantees he would murder again if he hasn't already. Mm. That's a fucking quote. Mm -hmm. At just 23 years old, being the youngest at the time, he was sent to life in prison, never to be released. No parole, no money, no nothing. Nothing will get him out. And then I'm going to end it on this. This is where I lost it. 
Prepare your tissue, Jamie. <clears throat> Georgia's family made the Georgia Williams Trust, which generates funds and activities to enable young people to participate in life-building activities and to contri contribute to local community. The aim of the Georgia Williams Trust is to get over young is to get other young people believing they can do the same things that Georgia did, enabling them to access to it. Sorry, I'm already getting choked up. <laughs> Enabling them to have access to adventurous outdoors activities and encouraging them to volunteer. And I'll have this linked below. Her dad is quoted saying, We want you people to be able to do all the things that Georgia did. Don't sit at home or hang around street corners. Get out and fly a plane. Canoe down the river. Go up to the Reckon. We want to use the trust fund to get the spirit going and keep it going. She'd love that. Hmm. And then lastly, they had listed three of her favorite songs, which also sent me over the edge. Bon Jovi, Living on a Prayer. That's my parents' Pink, song. Just Give Me a Reason. And Queen, Don't Stop Me Now. I just got full body chills. That is I've my had chills the entire time. hype up song. Mm -hmm. What the? I have like. That's on like my flying playlist. Oh. There you go. And like I said, we'll have that. That'll be like the first thing linked on this episode. It's still going. So, so sad. Very sad. You know what? You made me all sad now. I know. I don't even want to. That quote in general. Like that quote of his, I literally, I want to paint that. Like that quote, you know, like for the wall. It's beautiful. Definitely. Well, that was terrible. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, Same. Do you have a good good? Oh, God. <laughs> it's just Crime Con. <laughs> crime Con was great. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to hear you got a, case for us? a weird fact first? Let's do a weird fact first. Let's get a palate cleanser. Let's do it. Did you know that crime rates rise depending on the temperature? Wait, the hotter it is, the more crimes there are? Yeah. Oh, I fucking knew it. I, you know, I get it. I get it. Think about it. it makes sense. Like, it doesn't have a big effect on homicide or drug-related crimes, but it definitely includes assault, shootings, theft, and vandalism. <laughs> they believe that hot temperatures um, compel people to focus less on their future, so then they relinquish their self-control and just do what they want to do. Think about it. Makes sense. I hate being hot. <laughs> I mean, got me fucked up. I do too. But also, <laughs> like, it's when it's nice out. Like, I just want to go to the beach. I just want to do nice things. Yeah. I guess theft would make sense because I would like steal a boat probably. But <laughs> mine would be assaulting. If if I had it, if you had to pick a poison, mine would definitely be assaulting. So it's just like, get me the fuck out of here. Don't touch me. Get me an air conditioning. Where's my fan? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that makes sense. But yeah, I guess you've moved to a safer Yours makes place sense to too. live. Because then you steal a boat, and then I won't have to assault you because then we can go into the water. And you <laughs> have to make sure you have Dramamine on you, and we're good to go. Yes. Lots yes, yes. and lots of Dramamine. <laughs> lots of it. <laughs> I feel like you just need a permanent IV of Dramamine. Oh, that'd be the life. One day when we have a comfortable amount of money, I'm going to be that IV bitch that, like, 
gets the liquid put into me, then maybe I can start drinking again. That's how I, I won't would get be violently ill. Just IV in one arm, shot in the other. Yeah, drink in the other. Yeah. Down. So so great. <laughs> That's the life to live right there. <laughs> All right, I've got a stupid case for you. Okay. Um, I mean, most of them are, but you know. You right. You right. <laughs> you fucking right. Um, this one's kind of gross, so. We're going to talk about the unfortunate murder of Hella Crafts. Okay. Okay. She was a flight attendant. She was born on the 4th of July, 1947, but that doesn't matter because she's from Denmark. Marco. So. Never mind. <laughs> but she did work in the United States as a flight attendant. She worked for Pan Am, which is an old American. America. <laughs> right. Uh, airline <laughs> that is no longer in service, but Pan Am is like. The picture perfect 50s, you know, flight attendants, like catch me if you can, you know, like the blue hats with the blue. Yeah. yeah like that's Pan Am. Oh, and I that's actually that uh, Frank Abagnale from Catch Me If You Can. He's he tried to fly for Pan Am. That's who he he impersonated. Okay. I was going to say, I've heard that line 100 percent. I've heard that. Yeah. The airline. Yes. But okay. they don't exist anymore. Well, while working as a flight attendant, of course, you're going to meet people. And she met mm-hmm. a pilot. And ended up falling in love with him. His name was Richard Crafts. No. Um, they were married in 1979 and settled down in Newtown, Connecticut. And they had three children. And Richard actually ended up taking on a second job as a police officer while Hella continued being a flight attendant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. When is it ever? <laughs> it was going so well. Not even Disneyland is. Until it wasn't. <laughs> Until it wasn't. Exactly. Do you know how many screaming kids are at Disneyland right now? All of them. All of them are screaming at this point. Nothing is ever (laughs) rainbows and skeletons. Mm. Skeletons. (laughs) Way better than butterflies. I hate butterflies. (laughs) Anyway, so Richard was cheating on Hella before they were even married. And he said the only reason that they got married was because they found out she was pregnant and yet too far along to get an abortion. So they just had to do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Abortion was allowed back then? It's barely even allowed now. <laughs> Get not- your politics out of my vagina. Anyway, yeah. go on. Anyway, <laughs> that's fine. Um, <laughs> we're not okay, you guys. None of us are okay. Females are not doing all right. If any of you male people are listening, we're not good. Check on your females and identifying females. Check on them. <laughs> Check on them. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Helicrafts landed in New York after a flight from Frankfurt, Germany, on November eighteenth, nineteen eighty-six. She and her other flight attendant friends drove to Newtown, and they dropped her off at her home. And that okay. was the last time that she was ever seen or heard from. Literally. Like, that. that's it. Yeah. So, that sounds a lot like the Chris Watts case. Like, Shanann, she was dropped off at the from the airport and gone. Gone. Right. It's, oh. it's just terrifying. It is. And it's, especially when it's like... You drop them off at home and you're like, okay, you wait for them to walk in the door and you're they're like, safe. they're safe. Exactly. What the fuck? Well. And they're not. They're not. Oh, no. Nobody's safe anywhere. Okay. This is what leads to that. agoraphobia. <laughs> okay. We were safe at CrimeCon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never stop. Gil Carrillo okay, was there. On. He would have saved our lives. Paul Holes was there. He would have Billy shit up. Jensen. Mm, they would have been like Alexis would have solved that shit in a snap who would have solved it yeah all Billy Jensen would have to do to stop it from happening was smolder at them and it'd be like I'm sorry or just like hold hold his arm out because it's really long and he's like haha you can't catch me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great well Richard 
was having an affair and Hella had found out about it. She had noticed several phone calls on the, um, the phone bill to an unknown number, and she decided to hire a private detective. Um, okay. So the PI had pictures of the affair and showed them to her, and she bursted in tears. So then she was like, okay, I guess I have to file for divorce. Um, she'd expressed to her friends and to her divorce lawyer she was in fear for her life and, quote, that if anything happened to her, uh, we should not believe that it was an accident. Oh, one of those. She said that Richard had a lot of guns in the house and that he had abused her in the past. And she filed for a no-fault divorce so that he wouldn't be charged with adultery because she was afraid of her life and her children's lives. She oh was just God. like, I don't, I'm not going to put you at fault. Like, it doesn't matter. We're just, just a divorce. The papers weren't, like, they were written on November 18th. They weren't even filed. He hadn't even been served. When she went missing on November 18th. Oh. So, of course, immediately her friends are like, she didn't show up for a shift. Where the hell is Hella? Where is she? Yeah. And Richard was like, Speak oh, up. she's on another flight. And they were like, no, no, no. she can't be on a flight right now because the amount of time from her last flight, that's not safe. Yep. She's supposed to be at work at, you know, like, but not on a flight. So they were just mm -hmm. like, that doesn't make sense. And then his story changed. He said that she was in Denmark visiting her sick mother. Well, I guess he didn't know how close his friends were because they found out that the mother was not sick. And she was like, that's not true. She's not here. I haven't heard from Hella. They're like, I literally have her number on speed dial. <laughs> they're like, we stay try, with her when again. we go to Denmark. Like, <laughs> literally, like, they're like, mom, we're coming home. <laughs> right? Like, they're, they're best friends. So... Uh, his story changed again, of course. And he told his friends, her friends, that she was visiting Florida or the Canary Islands and visiting with a friend. And that's it. Like, what? And 911. Hi, I have an emergency. <laughs> like, you played yourself there. And here's another one. He promptly redecorated the entire bedroom. And one of Hella's coworkers, Rita Bonanno, Finally reported Hella missing on December 1st. That's two weeks later. Richard never filed a missing persons report. And everyone's like, questionable to me. So many red flags and played yourself. I swear to God, you guys, I'm going to have a black accent wall. If I'm just not answering my texts or anything on social media and that wall's painted, go to the husband. <laughs> it's murder. He redecorated. I mean, let's. Okay, let's back up onto that. Redecorated the entire bedroom. I would say nine out of ten marriages, there's usually one person that decorates. Mm -hmm. Let's like marriages, not relationships, not like boyfriend girlfriend. Oh yeah, you can have your Marvel thing up, whatever. No, those are designated to a certain spot once you're married. <laughs> and this is my room. I decorate it. Yeah. And you just, and you're not gonna file a police report, you dumb hoe. Yeah. No doesn't he's just playing it off like she's out of town and then he's gonna rip up the carpet in the room and paint the walls and redo Ooh, everything. there's blood in it <laughs> dun, dun, dun. i'm detecting <laughs> so once the file uh, missing persons report was filed also the pi got like the, the private investigator that she had hired was also mm -hmm. worried because of she had said like i'm i'm in trouble if if you know he's like I wait a missing. second so he went to the police as well, and they were like, no, 
we're gonna, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know her that well. She's probably fine. She's an adult. So then he's like, fine. I'm an investigator. I'll launch my own investigation. His name was Keith Fuck Mayo. yeah. Yeah. So he immediately went to go interview the nanny. When he's interviewing the nanny, she was, she's a live-in nanny. She lives at the house. And oh my God. she was like, yeah, there was like a bunch of new stains on the carpet and then it was ripped up. And then there was this freezer in the garage, but it's not there anymore. My jaw is on the floor. We should really start doing video ones because our faces say way more than our voices. They really do. Especially. My jaw is on the floor. Yeah. She didn't think about coming about this sooner, maybe? I mean, she's like 16. I don't know. 18. No, she's a baby. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying, like, I mean, I was 16 once. I was fucking nosy. I would have been like, hey, um... Hello. <laughs> what are these uh, dark brown spots on the floor? No. Where's your wife? I no, because we were smart. There's a reason why we're still alive. Because honey, we should not be alive mm-hmm. today. I wouldn't have asked him. But if you realize that the person that you nanny for and you live inside their home and she's missing, and you see dark spots, uh, like odds are you saw one episode of. America's Most Wanted, right? But she's <laughs> understanding the story that she's out of town. Oh, because she's normally out of town. Yeah. She is a flight attendant. Yeah. So she's believing him. Because why wouldn't you believe him? You've been working. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying. Exactly. Where's the logic? And you put it in my head. So now I see the logic. So. <laughs> you changed my mind. <laughs> you're welcome. The PI takes this information to the police after the report was filed. And finally, they're like, yeah, okay. We're a little suspicious of Richard. And they're like, let's just look into his recent activities. Okay. What do they find? But he had recently rented a 2,700-pound wood chipper and a U-Haul truck shortly after Hella had gone missing. He stated he needed to cut down some trees at his property. So not as only redecorating inside, but he's redecorating outside, too. Also, did he actually cut down trees? (laughs) Did he he back that up? Where? (laughs) He's like, see that branch? It used to be right there. It used <laughs> I to cut be. that branch down. That branch was in the way of my golden hour. I needed to be able to see it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> A single branch. <laughs> so one of the investigators, Joseph Polombizio, decides, all right, let's give him a lie detector test. Let's ask him if he killed his wife. Let's ask him what everything about it. He passes this test with flying fucking colors. Why did I feel that? Flying, flying colors. <laughs> He's a pilot. <laughs> I see what you did there. Is, yeah, there you go. So this dude knows how to I lie. I had a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I mean, let's see. When you become a pilot, you're already pretentious anyway. Ooh. And now he's a cop too. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Oh, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> oh, no. You'll never be as cool as me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> i'm done i'm done but I he's quit. a cop or he's a pilot and a cop like he's definitely not a stephanie lazarus i'll tell you that if he's gonna pass the test he's definitely a narcissist i can tell you that <laughs> that's what i was yeah i was gonna go towards that with everything from cheating on her beforehand murdering her he has the vibe i get i get the ick it's, it's there <laughs> he's not even that attractive either anyway <laughs> Oh, saucy, saucy. Sorry. So the week of (laughs) why he's the bad guy. He is. You took that back. Sorry to you. Then all right. You fugly fucking fucker. (laughs) No. Um. The week of her disappearance, it had snowed, 
And, of course, the police are investigating the town, asking around. A snowplow driver comes forward, and he told the police that he had seen a man in an orange vest with a wood chipper along the bridge in the middle of the night. And he was like, suspish. And then he said he saw him again further up the road next to the river around 3 a.m. on the night of the 18th and the morning of the 19th. Suspicious. He's like, dude, do you sleep? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know. Are you good? Sir, it's the middle of the night. What are you doing out here with a wood chipper? So, who do they bring onto this case? None other than Dr. Henry Lee. Oh, Henry Lee. He was adorable. (laughs) If you don't know who Dr. Henry Lee is, he's a world-renowned forensic expert. And we actually had the honor of seeing his seminar at CrimeCon this past weekend. He is hilarious. Very, very talented. Very, very smart dude. Um, Yes. If he gets on your case, you fucked. It's getting solved. (laughs) Sure is. But he's so smart that... Seven other detectives lift up the caution tape for him, and then he crouches down and looks at the scene, and then those seven detectives just watch him. (laughs) (laughs) He comes in and solves the case himself. (laughs) He says it's teamwork, but, you know, it's like doing a group project, and only one person gets it done. (laughs) Exactly. Sorry, you had to be at crime con to understand. Dr. Henry Lee is the master of group projects. So let's get into what he decides to look for. With the information of the snowplow guy saying there was a wood chipper, and with Richard recently renting a wood chipper, what do they do? They start investigating the house. They start investigating along the river. They detect. So in the house, they go look in the bedroom, and, like, Dr. Henry Lee literally, like, lifts the sheets and is looking at the bed, and he finds five microscopic, like, spots of blood. (laughs) Invisible to the naked eye. Like you said, you know... This is his words, not yeah. mine. He, his like slanty eyes make it easier. Like, he can focus on things. He said it, not he me. He literally said that. He goes, he goes, why do my colleagues always ask me about how I can solve crimes? He goes, maybe it's my slanty eyes. I can see better. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, which... we were all dying. We were like, you just said that? It is 2022, sir. But get it. Solve those cases. And he does. <laughs> like, literally. So, he was like, all right, I'm going to test those spots. It's I so bet funny. you they're blood. And they were blood. And they were O positive, which just so happened to be Hella's blood type. Suspicious. Not enough to go on, though, so they dig deeper. Oh, of course they do. They find out the type of blood that it was, other than, like, the blood type, but, like, the fact that it wasn't menstrual blood, considering it's a mattress. They found it it came from circulation. I don't know how he figured this out. It was, there's a documentary on it, but, like, he could tell it came from a artery and not period blood you know interesting i don't even know how but he did so there's that still not enough magic he looks in the in the bathroom and he sees on the towel rack a bunch of white towels that had recently been washed and he was like hmm suspicious he tests those (laughs) with the chemical they show blue which means they had recently been cleaned of blood oh still not enough to go on though (laughs) well we're getting there though we're getting there so they're like, okay, let's follow this wood chipper trail. Let's see what this, ha- like the snowplow. They start honing in on the banks of the river. They are looking through all these wood chips and they end up finding a full envelope addressed, like not even ripped up or anything, but in the wood chips addressed to Hella. Did he just forget like, it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, how did that happen? How did they find mail? Yeah. 
address to Hella out there. And, and congratulations, you played yourself so bad. You played yourselves so so bad. So then they start really digging into the wood chips, and they end up finding lots of hairs, hairs everywhere. Oh no, so much hair that does not belong there. It doesn't. And so Dr. Henry Lee's like, okay, let's go back to the house. Grabs her hairbrush and tests them against each other because... I was actually thinking that. I was thinking that. <laughs> I was like, either a hairbrush or like like a, sh- a razor to get any hair. Yeah. Just get some hair. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They found it and they matched it. They said it is... They were very similar. So they had mm-hmm. to be a match. Still not enough to go on because there's no body. Yeah. They ended up finding bone fragments and they couldn't test the bone against anything because there's nothing to test it against. Yeah. But one of the forensic, uh, oh my God, experts on his team ended up taking a piece of the bone fragment, crushing it down to dust, and then testing it for the blood type that coursed through it. Whoa. Oh, positive. Science yes. is so cool. Science, right? So cool. Another thing they found was a fingernail with red polish on it. Oh, no. So what does Dr. Henry Lee do? Looks at her nail polish collection. Goes to the house, sees the the nail polish next to her bedside table, yes. and tests the paint against one another. Oh, my God. Same exact paint color. Insane. Genius. Love it so much. Absolutely. Um, Thanks. I love it. So then they decide. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> then they decide to search the river next to where they were searching for, through the wood chips. Mm-hmm. And they find a chainsaw that was thrown in the water and dismantled. Oh, my God. But the serial number on the chainsaw had been scraped off. Okay. So like, we tried. Like they buffed it out. Right. Congratulations, you did not so, play yourself there completely. <laughs> oh wait. Oh yes, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> so Henry Lee decides to examine the chainsaw on a microscopic level. And he finds hair and human tissue still attached to the teeth. Oh god. And found blue fibers that had also been found in the wood chips. Okay. Which Hella's favorite nightgown was made of blue fibers. Oh, for her favorite nightgown. It is. So they were like, okay, we need to prove that this chainsaw belonged to whoever dumped her body, possibly if there is a body. Yeah. So they chemically treated the chainsaw. And so it like took away layers and found the indentation of the serial number underneath layers of metal. Oh my God. And they found that the number matched a warranty to a one Richard Crafts. Yes, finally. Played yourself. So, so smart. Yes. And kind of like the, the Ted, the, what am I saying? The nail in the coffin. <laughs> the Ted in the what? <laughs> I was, I was reading tested <laughs> on my notes. All right. They ended up finding fragments of tooth. I was going to say, did they not find a tooth or something? So, yay. Okay. Which you can match to dental records. That's the best part. Which they did. If you're afraid of the dentist, because like pain and stuff, just go at least one time. So they can just have a little bit of your records. So then 
You know, if anything happens, just make your life a little easier. <laughs> That's, I mean, exactly. I mean, just a little bit. A little bit. Everyone, everyone should have done. Ted Bundy's like, um, don't do that. Once. I would say that's yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> He's and like, if you hear someone say with, that with those teeth, can you deny? It? I mean, <laughs> teeth are very, very distinct to each person. Yes, they're just like a thumbprint. It's insane. They are, basically. Um, Dr. Henry Lee obviously isn't satisfied with all of this because he, what he does next is just, I think it's insane, but it's also kind of cool, but also really fucked up. Okay. So he decides to rent the same exact wood chipper. Oh God. That Richard Crafts rented. Yeah. And he puts a pig, which is similar to human flesh, through it. And he found that that specific wood chipper had a specific type of cutting like blade in it that the, the blades uh-huh. had made the blade marks through the pig's skin and and the bone okay matched the fragments that he found of hella's body i i mean as long as the pig died of natural causes and it does get him caught i don't think it's fucked up as long as a pig is dead i don't i don't want to know otherwise i i wouldn't as morbid and horrible as this is going to sound coming out of my fucking mouth, it would make sense for him to put a live pig in there, considering that maybe she was alive and to see how it would react because science. I know we just said science is cool, but science could be really fucked up too, okay? Like really fucked up. It, yeah. I don't want any of that. Please do not do that. I'm just saying it got him caught, right? Right. Tell me it got, it got him caught. <laughs> What did they do next but arrest Richard Crafts? Good. Bingo. They did. They were able to use this stack of evidence and the O positive and, and all of the, the bone. Mm-hmm. The teeth were the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah. Like they were like, that's that's her. Kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they presumed, because they couldn't get a story out of Richard, that so there was like this uh, a blood streak on the side of the bed. Okay. They presume that she was kneeling down next to the bed and he had taken his police flashlight, <gasps> the mag light, and bopped her on the head. Oh my god. And then she had fallen and like the blood streaked the side of the bed yeah. as she fell down. Yeah. And then they said she pro- he probably carried her to the garage, like wrapped her in the in the bedding, mm-hmm. carried her to the garage, put her in the freezer, and waited for the kids to be put to bed. Oh my god. Or to, to make sure the kids were asleep yeah. and whatnot. And then took her out either that day or the next day or whatever and put her through the wood chipper along the river oh at night. God. And the nanny didn't work those days. She just like, – so she was out, like, out on the town with her friends yeah. and came home to 3 a.m. in the morning. Like, she was not there yeah. for any of it. So they were able to convict him. He still claimed his innocence. Dumbass. And – he got 50 years. That's it? And, yeah, 50 years. And was treated pretty well in prison. Gross. Um, but this is a historical case because the first conviction, first murder conviction, like, you get put to life without a body. Oh. Yeah. But he only got 50 years. So, bad news. January of 2020, he was released into a halfway home. What? He is out there. Now? Hide your kids, hide your wives. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Um, Still alive. It's time to it's time to go back and catch him again. 
right? I mean, he he's old now, but... I don't care. Still. I mean, Connecticut, watch out. <laughs> that is insane. It is, yeah. He literally wood chippered his wife and like there's there's like nothing on the why other than she was divorcing you which it's like you were having affairs anyway why why you're the domestic abuser though he was domestic like he was but uh, to what what makes you go to that extent that he's a narcissist he thought he would get away with it he literally did not think he really did yeah that's that is his why i think we all need to kind of come to a conclusion with this new, I guess, era, we can say, of true crime of... But what was the reason? The reason is that they're fucked up and they thought they were going to get away with it and everything would be fine for them. That is single-handedly the reason for their brain of why they did it. I just... I mean, just standing over her with the mag light and then just doing it, like... That always makes me think of the kid... I always forget his name. Who threw the party after he murdered his parents. But, like, standing mm-hmm. over his mom with a hammer. Yeah. How? How? Mm-hmm. How do you? Just and the first time he just it like did that. it, he just stood, and he was like, "No, no." And then the second time he did it, yeah, just insane. And I mean, this was well thought out. He he had the U-Haul and the wood chipper ready. Like to go. he had to rent those things, right? Like he had. I know he had to rent yeah. the U-Haul. Did he buy the wood chipper? Like, <laughs> right? No. Like he rented it. So because Doctor Henry Lee was able to rent the same one, but yeah. First of all, that's a lot of money. Second of all, did he do that like the day while she was still flying and like was ready for her to come home and he was ready to murder her? Also, that's proof alone, the whole flying thing, that he was not an, not absent, a present husband. He Mm -hmm. didn't know that A, she couldn't fly. And he's a smart guy. As much as we don't want to fucking admit that, he's a pilot and a cop. He's going to be a smart guy. A pilot alone. Like, mm-hmm. let's be real. You know this. <laughs> I don't have to tell you. <laughs> but he didn't know her routine or time for being able to fly. And then, on top of that, doesn't realize how close her friends are to her mom. That's not a present husband. That is exactly who she said he was in that letter. Of being a horrible fucking man. Not even a man. You're, no. Mm-hmm. Jesus. I mean, it's just upsetting. And and I... It just seems so senseless, as with all murder. But, like, the, this in particular, because it wasn't like there was an altercation. Mm-hmm. There was no, It was just like, I'm just going to murder her and put her in a wood chipper. Which is awful and disgusting. And you decimated her body. It was almost like a way to see if he could get away with it. As, like... Can I get away with this? He needs a better story then, because his cover stories didn't work. Well, yeah, he's he soft, could have but... easily done like, oh, um, she's on a flight or something, or even like, I don't know. He he could have he could have done so many other things that just weren't that. And now his children have no parents. So yeah. good job, dude. Good job. You suck. We hate you. Um, and I hope that somebody in Connecticut just punches you in the face <laughs> daily throws a drink on him <laughs> assault on a really hot day <laughs> if they throw salt on him 
they'd be assaulting him. Assaulting him. Oh, I love that. Everywhere he goes, people should just always have salt and start assaulting him. <laughs> With the salt. salt bay on you. I'm going to bring pepper so he sneezes a bunch. Like a bunch. And then maybe his heart will just stop. What? Okay. Well. What? We'll be here next week. <laughs> Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. <laughs> Be sure to keep up with us on all of our socials at Bloodbath Podcast. And definitely, definitely, we want to talk to you guys more about CrimeCon. We're probably never going to shut up about it, but you guys <laughs> should go next year. All of you. Everyone should go. It was so much fun. Um, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate you so much. But wait. There's more. Bye, 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 b